right, welcome back to another great episode of Dan on Top. I'm your host, Dan Lukowitz, and today we have with us the one and only Chelsea Garber, partner at Greenlight Equity Group. Chelsea, how are you doing? Dan, I am doing better now that I'm with you. Oh, love it. Okay, appreciate it very much. This girl was like harder than the president to track down and get on the show. I was just joking with her backstage about how I've been banging on her door for probably months to get her on here. And she's got good reason for not being on the show. Not because it's not a great show and I'm not a great host, but because she's been tearing it up all across the OKC. And we're going to talk a lot about her deals and what she's up to. Before we do that, though, I want you to tell everybody, who is Chelsea Garber? Well, thank you. I um, wouldn't consider myself as, uh, you know, hard to track down as the president, but maybe a close second (laughs) in any event. um, Name is Chelsea Garber, born and raised in New York, Um, spent most of my professional career actually in high-end construction and uh, design. So really got into the space, um, you know, owned multiple design firms, both in New York and Los Angeles, uh, high-end residential, did about a million square feet of office space, segued into some commercial design, and really felt that there had to be a better way to be, you know, to win this, uh, to get out of the rat race and mm-hmm. build some long-term wealth. Um, you know, did like most people did, flipped a couple of single family houses and thought this is for the birds. Sorry if anybody yeah. <laughs> doesn't agree with that, but it did, it sure as hell didn't work for me. Uh, it was fun. It was great. I took my, you know, design expertise, my property management, you know, management skills in general and figured, you know, I've got to do this on a larger scale. And really, um, you know, multifamily was just sort of this gem. And and I got really involved, uh, as most people do with learning and podcasting and joined a mentorship program and, uh, you know, was fortunate enough to have actually met my now partners, uh, Carl York and Tate Seymour at a at an event about uh, it'll be two summers ago next week and stayed connected. And, you know, I was very focused on the Oklahoma City market. They were working some markets, and I said, "Hey guys, you know, let's let's bring our this together. You know, we have the capability to take down much larger deals than I could do alone." And yeah, things just just took off. So I am a you know an entrepreneur. Have has some other businesses as well. Um, you know, ROI by Design, which is my multifamily design firm. Uh, you know, we work with investors on value add uh, opportunities, largely within the C, B class space. So I still, you know, get to be heavily involved with design and construction and, you know, helping people really increase the returns on their assets as well. So it, it's a great space to be in both from the investment standpoint and, and from the design. And and here I am, we're, uh, we're, we're buying properties in OKC and, it, and awesome. it, 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 it wasn't linear. It didn't just go quite, you know, as easy as I made it sound. Yeah, and we're, we're going to talk about bumps. that a little bit, you know, because I think that's a fascinating point. And, you know, I can definitely relate. I love the collaborative, uh, you know, situation you've got going on with some great people and uh, can definitely relate to that, can relate to that that jumping off right from corporate America or whatever you want to call it into what I call the gateway drug of single family flipping, right? Um, it's interesting, you know, I, I went from that to brokerage. You went from single family flipping to multifamily. Love that you've got the design background. I think that's crucial to, to take something and see it and envision, envision it and then turn it into something that's better, right? I'm very curious though. Talk to us specifically about that jumping off point from when you said, you know what, this is not for me. Sounds cool. Single family flipping. It's sexy. It's fun. All that good stuff. There's money to be made, but I want to go multifamily. Talk to us about that jumping off point. 
You know, I I thought I went into the single family being very educated, and in some ways I did, and, and really how I didn't and how I really would ultimately ended up being a blessing in disguise was I was planning to buy a port, you know, build a portfolio of single family homes and rent them. And being a business owner, um, I went to go and by the way, I was buying these houses for cash in Birmingham, Alabama, I was living in New York, built up a team there went there. So I had all the tools in place. uh, And I went bought a couple houses started remodeling them thought, you know, I'm gonna do a refi out, hold on to these what turns out the bank said, Nope, not so fast. Really? Uh, you know, it didn't matter how much cash I had in my account, my, you know, just again, being a small a business owner and, you know, ha- having very little to show in, in taxes and whatnot, uh, couldn't get the refi out. So it was kind of a hard stop. I, wow. And, and it was just stressful at that point, too. You know, any house flipping, there was too many unknowns. Mm-hmm. And it really, you know, this went on the, the from the first house to the third house. When it took about a year, the full the, the full cycle on them should have been you know four to six months, and yeah. it was stressful. I had a ton of money out of my own pocket tied up, you know, a couple hundred thousand, and I just said to myself, like, this is you know, this is the last straw. I- I'm out, and you know, from that point on, just entirely put all of my focus into multifamily. Wow, that's awesome! So, talk to us about what you love about multifamily. Uh, so many things. Well, first and foremost, I love the people. I think it's one of um, the few businesses that I've I've been involved in where there's such a strong sense of community and mm-hmm. everybody truly is out there to help one another. And, and there's more of an abundance mindset. I think when you get into the single family and the flipping, uh, you know, it's feast or famine and it's yeah. super, and not that it's not competitive, it's extremely competitive in multifamily, but we share resources. You know, I'm happy to tell who I'm working with in regards to brokers, property managers, at the end of the day, there's always going to be more properties. Uh, I love the scalability, you know, buying 100 plus units, putting in third property, uh, third party property managers, um, the returns, you know, we're bringing in uh, investor capital to make these deals happen. And we're offering, you know, substantial returns to you know, that can't be essentially made and, in, in, you know, a low risk and high returns and less volatile. And yeah, it, it's just, you know, it. I also, I joke, you know, I'm just an average person from an average place. And this is probably one of the only real estate really is the true, true path to, to wealth, generational wealth, if it's done correctly. And, you know, I, wasn't great at math, couldn't probably wasn't going to go out and get a degree in finance. Um, you know, so real estate was was the next best option. And it was attractive to me and um, all that it brings. Yeah, those are great reasons. You love the people, the abundance men- mentality, you love the scalability, right? The ability to bring in third party property mm-hmm. managers, for example, and, and love the returns and, and the decrease in, in volatility, which I think is really important. Bring up some really good points about, you know, in si- the single family world. I, I just I remember mm-hmm. some of the I, almost identical struggles in different markets and different situations. I'd like to, to kind of focus on that a little bit. Tell us maybe some of your, if you don't mind, maybe your biggest mm-hmm. single family blunder. Uh, you know, I don't know if there was necessarily just one blunder. I think it was a lot of little blunders that added up to be, you know, expensive, right? It's you go in and you budget and, you know, you're buying a 1950s home that really hasn't been touched and, you know, sight unseen for cash. 
you're willing to take some risk, but the margins just weren't there. And it was just a headache. It was one thing after another. And as you know, you got to stay on top of the contractors. And then, then when you go to sell the house, you know, some of these people are first time home buyers. They see the inspections and like they freak out over, you know, the littlest thing. Mm -hmm. So you have to, you know, fix more stuff and rate and drop the price. And it, it was just, honestly, it was just one thing after the next. Yeah, it yeah. was probably it was incredibly stressful. Yeah, it, it really is. And, you know, I, I know for myself personally, getting into those deals and I like, you know, I like sharing everything that goes on, not just the successes. Right. Because I think that's what yeah. that's what what makes successful people is not just their ability to be successful, but their ability to bounce back from setbacks that maybe would put other people on the sidelines. So I think it's important to talk about that. I know for me, one of the hardest things was, you know, you have all these deals that are triples, home runs, grand slams, and you love it, right? But then you've got that deal where you're upside down and your property's not finished and you have hard money borrowed or you have investors and Mm -hmm. you have to keep going, right? You have to finish the project, but you know it's going to be in the red. And it's just, like you said, such a stressful um, you know, challenging experience, but but I think in my perspective, it it, it definitely helped to build me into who I am today. Um, you know, I think it's very important. This will be a good transition into what I want to talk to you about next. But it's very important to have good guidance, good leadership, good education. You know, I myself run a training program. I have a course on commercial real estate, um, so I definitely subscribe to the idea of of investing in yourself, investing in coaches, mentors, trainings. I'd love to hear your perspective on on education, mentors, coaching, etc. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think it's probably the key component, if especially for somebody who doesn't have a real estate background to go, or even if you do, to go from single family to multifamily is just a different ball game. Um, you know, spending other people's money, taking on just much larger acquisitions. So uh, as I briefly mentioned, I was part of Michael Blanc's mentorship program. Um, it was fantastic. You know, I learned a ton. Uh, I worked one-on-one with a, a mentor on his team who is still now one of my mentors and good friends um, and just really opened up the kind of the floodgates to all the different possibilities because uh, I truly didn't feel comfortable taking other people, I shouldn't say taking, but, you know, offering these investment opportunities with other people's money and not really knowing what to do and having somebody in the back corner to kind of guide you through the, you know, along the way was, was really helpful. And, you know, fast forward, I, I have two coaches now. I have one coach who's more of a um, performance life business coach, and he works a lot on uh, mindset more than anything. And he's absolutely been transformational the last six months. Um, you know, I went from having no no properties to now, you know, three, wow. uh, soon to be three under, under my belt, um, which would be, you know, over about 200, a little over a little under 250 units. Um, and I definitely accredit having a coach in your corner just to hold you accountable and to, to kind of just change, you know, my morning routine, way of thinking. Um, and I've now gone on to, I'm still working with him, but uh, I've also hired a capital raising coach, you know, now right. that we're getting into these larger acquisitions and focusing uh, much more on the capital raise and, you know, how to speak to accredited investors, family offices. It's just a different lingo. Yeah. Uh, and you really have got to be on your game for sure. Uh, you know, these are big checks that people are writing three, five plus million. So that's, that's been amazing. And I'm, I'm learning so much and, you know, and I have an incredible team that I work with that also has a, you know, a track record. So having, having those people in your corner and, 
being a thought leader within the space. You know, we host meetup groups. Um, we're in other groups. We, you know, it's all about learning and, and, and providing value. Totally. No question about that. Providing value is definitely a key there. So, you know, you mentioned three deals. Talk to us a little bit about this most recent acquisition or deal that you're involved in, the 192 unit in in Oklahoma City. I mean, if my math is correct, right, this deal is probably six times larger than the average of your other two deals. It is. So our our first deal was uh, 51 units. That'll be closing here in a couple weeks, which will be July 15th. Um, And that kind of just really put us on the map. And and truthfully, it, it it kind of put me on the map. I spent almost two years in the Oklahoma City market going there, uh, Tulsa as well, um, you know, building relationships with brokers, property managers, other investors. Like I knew, I up to this point felt like I knew everyone that I needed to know and the area really well and just really confident. So when these deals did come to, you know, come across the table, we were able to jump on them and, you know, uh, work with brokers that felt confident that we'd be able to get them done. So soon after uh, we got the 51 units, the the 192 is a really interesting story because the the broker is actually uh, she's a she's a big broker in Oklahoma City, one of the top brokers, and she owns these properties as part of her personal portfolio. Oh, really? So she never brought them to the market. Mm. And she swore that she was only going to work with somebody that she had closed with before. And we had never done a deal with her. And our property management company, who had actually introduced us, you know, really highly recommended, you know, you should show these deals to Greenlight. She's like, oh, I don't know. He's like, you should show them to Greenlight. So we had been building a relationship over the phone and had been talking about other deals that, you know, she had on the market, not her own. Uh and she kind of started getting comfortable with us and she thought we were very professional and um, she knew we had like her the best interest in mind of the properties. These properties were very personal to her um, for a couple of reasons that I won't really get into. But in any event, we, we went down to Oklahoma, you know, as we as we do frequently and met with her and toured the properties. And she was just like, you know, uh, ecstatic and felt really comfortable and uh you know, we ended up, we're not, we were not the highest offer either. And she thought that we had the ability to close on these deals. And more importantly, I think we would, you know, have integrity and care for them the way that she has over, you know, the last 10 years. So kind of just goes back to the relationship side of the business and how important it is to go to your markets and show your face and uh, build these long lasting relationships with people because they, I mean, they win deals. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, speaking of relationships, very curious, why do you think this broker, at least initially, only wanted to work with someone she had already closed a deal with? I mean, I think that's I, I you know, at the end of the day, like you want to get the deal done, right? And there's mm-hmm. a lot of investment groups out there and there's a lot of tire kickers and you know, probably just having the confidence knowing that we could get the deal done. Um, it was also very important to her uh, she she was ready to parlay the money into another project out of state that was mm-hmm. a bit time sensitive. So, you know, we agreed to a you know a much shorter due diligence period than we we typically would. Um, and you know, things are on track. Everything's going really well. And again, I, I think you know just having had the property management and another investor in town recommend us, I think was really kind of like the push she needed. And, and the rest was just, you know, spending the time and talking with her and getting to know her and her getting to know us really, not just as investors, but as people. Yeah. And that's, that's a great point. I think the, the fact that you had that 
uh, reputation, right? And you had that someone who was willing to vouch for you. I think it, it, that's probably at least in part what helped to overcome, you know, her desire to only work with someone that she'd closed with previously. Yeah, no, it was incredible. And, and, you know, she couldn't have been any more kind. She's, uh, she told the guys on the team, she was like, they are, she said it at lunch with them. She's like, they are really lucky to have you. I was like, <laughs> every team should have a strong woman on it. There you go. That's right. <laughs> I keep us on, on time. I keep everything on track. And the guys, uh, you know, they, they do with everybody has a different role, but we exactly. work really well together. It is totally a team effort. I, I can't take any credit for anything, but that's awesome. Um, it, it's nice and and she's she's excited for us awesome well great work and you know good for you so look we've got about a minute and a half left time has flown by you've really jam-packed us with a lot of value Mm -hmm. you've had an interesting background right design you've got your companies you've you know you made your transition into single family flipping got out of that into multifamily, raising capital buying deals you know working hard building yourself up if you could based on all of your experience chelsea share with our viewers your top three pieces of advice um, you know, I, I, first and foremost, I, I've always said is, you know, patience and persistence. This is not a get rich quick game. And it's not even, you know, every now and then you hear somebody who quits their W2 job in the first 12 months, but this, you know, it takes a while to mm-hmm. build those relationships and get deal, good deal flow and, and, and get a deal. And, um, you know, I think Michael Blanc says it best, like law of the first deal. After you get the first deal, the second one is like right around the corner and it it couldn't be any more true. (laughs) Yeah, you're a perfect example of that. Uh, Perfect example. Um, Some other advice that I would say, you know, just just don't take no for an answer. There's always so many ways to get things done. So you might hear 20 or 30 no's before you hear a yes, but, but they're out there. If you have, you know, the ability to show up and put in effort every day, you can make anything happen. Awesome. Give us one more. Uh, one more. Um, you know, I, I would say just be authentic and, and, and work with it. Have integrity. Uh, you know, it, it'll take you a long way. A solid reputation is absolutely, in my mind, you know, trumps everything else. Love it. Absolutely right. Patience and persistence. Don't take no for an answer and be authentic and have integrity. Listen, Chelsea, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Really, really appreciate it. Dan, thank you. It's been awesome. Love your shirt, by the way. Thank you. I'm your host, Dan Lukowitz, with a nice spiffy new shirt. This has been another great episode of Dan on Top. I look forward to seeing you guys soon.